Here we go. The government is shut down. That means, among other things, around 800,000, quote, non-essential personnel won't be getting paychecks. Now, does that mean Congress doesn't get paid? Because, after all, it's their fault we're in this mess in the first place. Ugh, it's October 1st, 2013. He's been shunned by commercial radio. Unable to be bought and paid for by corporate America. And running on the fossil fuel of common sense. For those of us that choose to live dangerously in the radical middle, welcome to the Zip Code Famous Michael Graff Show. certainly been a while since I've been behind the microphone, but I sure do appreciate you checking us out again. Welcome to Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. We're back from the summer hiatus. And before I, I get into anything else, something kind of creepy. I don't know if this is one of those things the universe is trying to tell me something or somebody is subtly trying to tell me something. But I keep getting mail every day from something called, not every day, but at least once a month, I'm getting something from the National Cremation Society. I didn't even know something like that existed until a few months ago, and now I get it, again, at least once a month. Like, I'm sure you folks are really nice people, but... I um I haven't decided how I want to go yet, and well, this is lovely literature. Uh, I um I don't know. I uh, I haven't decided how I would like to be disposed of after I kick it. But thanks for that, uh, the National Cremation Society. I don't even know. All right, whatever. All right, uh, yes, back from summer hiatus. It's uh, it's us, it's me, it's Michael Groff. Thanks so much for checking me out uh, once again. Contact information for the program, Groff Show on uh, Google Talk, Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger, uh, groffshow at gmail.com. That's the email address we're using. And, um, of course, michaelgroff.com for everything else Michael Groff related. That's where you found this show, probably. And uh, that's where you can also make donations to this program so that I don't have to take uh, hiatuses and um, so that I can keep doing a regularly, regularly scheduled broadcast. I don't know. I'm, um, I haven't been behind a microphone in a while, okay? So I'm sorry. I, I apologize in advance for my show, as I do all the time, I guess. Um, a lot of things to talk about. So while I was away over the summer, I learned a lot of things uh, the past few months. First of all, I learned that these hurricane predictions that they have every single year, Dr. Gray puts out one, uh, AccuWeather puts out a hurricane forecast in about April or May of every year. And, you know, these things, I don't know if they're even worth a crap because they never seem to turn out the way they predict. Uh, this year was supposed to be a very active hurricane season. There was supposed to be massive death and destruction we were all going to die or something along those lines. And, of course, the whole thing turned out to be just a big bust. Yeah, absolutely nothing came of it. Uh, we haven't had any major hurricane hit the United States, at least not as of yet, as of October 1st, 2013. Hasn't happened. Doesn't mean it won't happen. It just, just means that it hasn't happened yet. 
Um, so I don't know what what's up with those forecasts or if anybody even takes those seriously. But uh, for some reason, uh, we haven't had any significant hurricane activity. Um, I've also learned that Miley Cyrus has grown up from her adorable little Hannah Montana Disney-esque character into a full-blown slut. And it happened so fast, I didn't even really understand it or realize it until it was there. And there she was on national TV, masturbating and getting herself off and, and grinding and doing a twerking, whatever the hell it was. And it just, it happened so subtly. Had about 21 years ago, had you idiots not purchased a bunch of Billy Ray Cyrus albums, this wouldn't be inflicted on us now. I mean, we wouldn't be in this mess in the first place. So thanks a lot to you guys. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot to people of about, uh, of about 45 to 50 years old now, 55 years old, all the people that bought that crap, achy, breaky heart. So now we got stuck with Miley Cyrus. And you know, I'm not, it's one of those things I'm not even really offended by the fact that there's now basically porn on TV. That doesn't really bother me. I'm not offended by anything, really. I'm not offended by nasty words or bad language or images or any of that. It's just the fact that you can't turn on any show now or any program or anything where there's any sort of semblance of talent. Everything is just about getting the most attention. What way can I get the most attention? What meat suit can I wear? How can I masturbate in front of the most possible, the greatest amount of people? Um, how can I, what, what can I do to get the most attention? Because the music business nowadays, that's what, really what it's about. Um, it's about what can I do to get the most attention? How can I whore myself out? You know, how can I get the most Twitter followers? It's not even about the music anymore because the music is garbage that's out today for the most part. A lot of the music that's out is just, it's crap. You know, it's crap. I know it's crap. And, um, I think that's that's the primary reason that we're kind of in this situation in the first place, right? So there's uh, that to think about. Um, what else did I learn? Oh, the United States government uh, never sees a military conflict that they don't like. And it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on politically. Uh, John McCain is out there. He was stumping for a war or some sort of military conflict with Syria. The president was out there doing the same thing, making this case. John Kerry, the secretary of state. Now he was out there. He was talking about, we cannot tolerate this. Uh, really? Really? He, he gave a Colin Powell-esque speech in front of the American people. Uh, pleading with them on a Friday afternoon. Only This was only about, what, three, four weeks ago, telling us about how uh, Bashar Assad, King Bashar Assad of Syria, is just this murderous, bloodthirsty bastard who's using chemical weapons uh, in this civil war that is ensconced Syria. He's using all these chemical weapons. And meanwhile, uh, if you... And I'm not here to defend King Assad because he is a bastard. He's certainly violated the Geneva Convention, probably, uh, international law, certainly human rights violations all over the place. Syria is just a hellhole under his rule, so I'm not here to defend him. But the insurgents that are fighting in that country are nothing more than, well, some of them are, are members of Al-Qaeda, and I thought we were fighting against them. Didn't we just have a whole anniversary of September 11th in which Al-Qaeda attacked the United States? You know, that 
Remember that whole, one of the worst terrorist attacks in history or the worst terrorist attack in history? Remember that thing? That little incident? And now I guess we, uh, we for a while, were sort of uh, ple pledging our help to the insurgents and some of those are Al-Qaeda. Anyway, so John Kerry makes that impassioned speech and then we were going to go over there and um, blow the place up only to finally, because the American people spoke up and said, yeah, we don't want to do this again. We already had a quagmire that was Iraq and Afghanistan and then you got involved in Libya and we started to stick our nose into Egypt and uh, yeah, we've kind of had enough of it. We've kind of had enough of the United States always being on the wrong side, always picking the wrong side of any conflict. So the American people told the president, uh, no, we don't want that. And so he backed off. Now, the problem with him backing off was about a year ago, it was almost a year ago today, that the president drew the, quote, red line that if Syria crossed, we'd have to take military action. And that red line was chemical weapons. The problem is we don't really even know who used the chemical weapons. We don't know if it was King Assad or if it was this uh, insurgent group or one of these insurgent groups because there's a lot of conflicting reports. Certainly there's a lot of reports I read was that uh, these uh, gas, this um, poisonous gas, these toxic chemical weapons were used in areas that are controlled primarily by King Assad. So why would he nuke or why would he drop chemical weapons on his own place, on his own controlled areas? That'd be like the United States getting in a war and we, we drop a bomb on Montana. Look, this is how crazy we are. We're going to drop a bomb on Montana. Don't mess with us. We'll, we'll blow ourselves up. That's how insane we are. I don't know. All right. So there was that. Um, and now, uh, as we kind of fast forward to present day, here we are once again in a, another budget crisis, a government shutdown, one side blaming the other. The House Republicans decided in their infinite wisdom, with the end of the fiscal year looming on September 30th, they decided that they were going to draft a new budget. And uh, it was going to, uh, they just decided, well, we can't repeal Obamacare. So since we can't repeal it, we just won't fund it. We just won't make any provisions in the budget to fund the Affordable Health Care Act, which is great and everything. That's wonderful. But in the process, they had to understand that that wasn't going to get through because, first of all, the Affordable Care Act is being funded via other laws and other legislation. So even if you decide not to fund it, there's still many aspects of it that will get funding. So your attempt to defund Obamacare and to block it has blown up in your face because it's, it's still going on as planned. The websites are still in place for it, for people to register for it. And look, even if you think that it's, it's a terrible law and it, it, there's no way that we can ever pay for it, which is the truth, there is no way that we're ever going to be able to afford it, at least not in the current budget structure that we have. We can't even afford what we have now, let alone a, a, another health care act. Whether you believe that or not, the problem is it was passed already, it was done. You have to deal with it. If you want to repeal it, repeal it. But to cut off funding to it is just sort of a weaselly way around it. That's, that's really, if that starts to happen, if that starts to become the new normal that the House takes, because the House has the nation's checkbook, 
when the Democrats get control of the House again, whether it's next year or down the road, then they're going to start doing that. And that's going to be the new way that they handle, well, uh, the previous Congress passed a law. We don't like it, so we'll just not fund it. I mean, what a dangerous precedent to set. So once again, uh, the House Republicans and, uh, and I don't know. And then, of course, the Senate, led by Harry Reid and the Democrats, they tried to have some sort of, uh, of a conference. They tried to have some sort of a get-together about working out the budget and maybe delaying the uh, Obamacare funding for a year. Yeah, that didn't work out either because Harry Reid wouldn't budge. John Boehner wouldn't budge. And you know who's been kind of strangely absent from all this? You know who's sort of disappeared from the limelight? Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan's the guy that normally writes the budget. He is the head of what, whatever it is, the congressional, uh, the, the budget office, or the not the budget office, but the... Uh, um, you know, the budget council, the, uh, and he, he's been kind of just vacant. No one has really seen or heard from Paul Ryan, probably because he's too busy drafting an amnesty bill right now. That's the other thing. So you folks that elected Republicans into power and thought that, you know, they weren't going to uh, push through amnesty. Remember all that talk that the so-called conservatives gave you about, oh, yeah, we're, we'd never approve of amnesty. Well, as it turns out, they are. Because Paul Ryan's a big amnesty guy, and a bunch of these Republicans are, are big in amnesty. John McCain's another guy. Well, he's not really. Come on. How conservative is John McCain anyway? Really? He's another guy that wants amnesty. Both parties want amnesty. This is what I keep telling you. There is very little difference between Republicans and Democrats anymore. Yes, on paper, they are ideologically very different. But in practice, they are almost the same party. They both want illegal immigrants to receive amnesty. I mean, the Democrats want it because they just, they realize that most illegal immigrants are going to become registered Democrats. The Republicans want them for the cheap labor they provide. I mean, it makes sense. Cheap labor. So they both want to exploit, they both want to exploit uh, the illegal immigrants, uh, but they want to do it for different reasons. And that's the bottom line. When you hear about all this talk of amnesty, you just have to wonder, why do we even bother to have immigration laws in the books? It's not like we enforce them. It's not like we actually are upholding these laws. We have said time and again, hey, if you break the law, we're willing to just bend over backwards to make exceptions for you. We'll just, uh, we'll forgive the law breaking. We'll forgive all this stuff. You know, John McCain tries to put on this whole thing like, oh, but they have to get in the back of the line. No, they don't. They don't have to get in the back of the line. They can get into this country. They've already, first of all, they're not even in the back of the line. They're already here. Okay, the people that are in the back of the line are the people that are actually attempting to get here legally. Those are the people that are in the back of the line. You know, and then they're like, well, they'll have to pay a penalty and they'll have to pay taxes, you know, all this extra tax. Yeah, right. Like that's going to happen. And good luck trying to enforce that. Uh, these. I'll tell you, the Republicans, why don't they just say, look, we want them here so we can exploit the cheap labor. And the Democrats just need to come out and be honest and say, we want to expand our voter base. That's all it is. 
Don't give me this crap about, well, you know, we're trying to look out for these human rights and these poor people are coming over here and dying in the desert as they're trying to cross the border, or dying, uh, whatever, the Rio Grande. Don't give me that. It's a bunch of crap. You don't care about the human rights aspect of it. You, you put that on for the for the camera because it looks good and it sounds good. It makes a neat sound bite. But they don't care about that. Uh, so Paul Ryan, I know he's been working on that. I know he's supposedly a conservative, but if you people that uh, are su- such uh, big Paul Ryan guys, and I know everybody was all talk with Paul Ryan last year in the uh, presidential election. You know, he was the vice presidential candidate, and everybody's oh, Paul Ryan, he's he's this staunch conservative. Not really. There's very few actual conservatives. Oh, sure, he'll give you the the good sound clips about how he thinks gays are bad and, you know, all the usual conservative crap. But he's not going to give you the what you want to hear with illegal immigration. You're not going to get that from the mainstream uh, Republicans. That's for sure. Not anymore. They'll talk tough. They'll say, oh, we want to enforce the law. No, you don't. You don't. It's fine. The other thing I want to get into, obviously, is the big government shutdown. Um, today is the first day of the brand new fiscal year, and we don't have a new budget. As you know, the House of Representatives, they write the budget, they control the checkbook for the United States, and they have not been able to come up with a budget resolution. Understand, of course, that we are, uh, well, we're still working off of these continuing resolutions. See, we, we haven't really had a balanced budget in a long time. We're still on these uh you know, this debt ceiling that keeps going up. So we just, we, we've already had this, uh, you know, sort of continuing resolution to keep everything going and operating and, and raising the debt ceiling and all this other stuff. But now here we are, we're sitting here on October 1st. And since we don't have a new budget, the government is officially shut down. And what that means for you is, well, well, I guess it really depends on what you plan to do. For example, all the national parks are closed. So if you plan to go to the Grand Canyon, forget it, you can't. Um, Grand Canyon closed. And that's going to have a big impact on this state's economy, for example, because the Grand Canyon, I mean, that's, uh, that's what, 50, 60, 70 million bucks a year that it brings into this state. Not just the revenue that's brought in from the park itself, but all the businesses that surround the area. And believe me, they jack up the prices plenty high. If you if you want to buy food at like a McDonald's near the Grand Canyon, you know you're gonna pay like twice as much as you normally would anywhere else. It's unbelievable, it, insane prices. But all the hotels, the businesses, the the restaurants, the souvenir shops, all that stuff around the Grand Canyon, it's all gonna be hurt by this. The longer that this drags on. Uh, if you go to certain websites, certain government services are down. So, um, for example, NOAA.gov, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, the National Weather Service, NOAA.gov is down. Now, l- local National Weather Service sites and National Weather Service offices are still open. However, some of those employees are on furlough, so they have uh, days where they just don't get paid, and so they don't come in because of... Um, all of these, uh, all of this budget nonsense. Then this isn't brand new. This has actually been going on for quite a while. The sequestration that's been going on since March. So there's been all sorts of uh, government cutbacks. And you might say, well, that's fine. The government closed. Listen, it has a big impact. 
Congress is still in session. Those non-essential personnel apparently still get paid. Congress is still going to get a paycheck. See, I think they would be able to come up with a reasonable budget if they didn't get paid anymore. If part of the fiscal year, if, if because they couldn't pass a budget, Congress doesn't get paid, I think that that would probably prompt them to work a little bit harder to come up with a continuing uh, budget. But Republicans are pointing the finger at Democrats. Democrats are Republicans. Harry Reid is holding firm over in the Senate. John Boehner and the Republicans are holding firm in the House. The House controls the checkbook for the United States, and they say, we're not giving anymore. We're not going to fund uh, Obamacare. We, we can't repeal it, I guess. So what we're going to do is, because we're the House of Representatives, because we write the budget, we're just not going to give you any money for it. Got to tell you, that's a very dangerous precedent to start setting. Now, for those of you that are really freaking out and that you can't believe that the government is shut down, this is not the first time it's happened. In fact, since 1976, the government has shut down 17 times. We have had budget issues, uh, unable to resolve these things. So it's happened a lot. This is not <laughs> exactly a brand new thing. Nevertheless, you do want to get this worked out as quickly as possible. But I, I have a feeling, given how polarized Congress is right about now. And given the fact that we do have an election looming next year, another a midterm election, um, it, it could get pretty ugly pretty quickly. And that's why I, I wonder how long this thing is going to drag out. And, you know, the, the funny part is the Republicans are so, trying so hard to keep the funding away from the Affordable Care Act, but... The Affordable Care Act's already going. Like, the websites are already up. I mean, yeah, granted, they're full of glitches. Um, a lot of people are having trouble trying to sign up for, um, for Obamacare, but nevertheless, it's already happening. So whether or not the Republicans want to delay it, it doesn't matter. It's already taking place. So give that up. Just try to balance the budget. I know it's impossible with Obamacare because that thing is a bloated piece of the budget and then you've got these wars these senseless wars that we're funding that's another bloated piece of the budget the military is a big bloated piece of the budget can't find a way to balance it unbelievable all right look could go on and on with this but i'm gonna just take a break move on to something else a lot going on but you know what's weird is it doesn't really matter how long of a hiatus I take. When I come back, the stuff is really kind of about the same, isn't it? It really is. I mean, pretty much we're talking about the same stuff. Oh, yeah, sure, there's a government shutdown right now, and a few of the circumstances have changed. But at the end of the day, it's all still pretty much the same. And to illustrate that point further, coming up on the show, the worst song, not just of the week, not just of the month, even though it's the first day of the new month, but... I think this is the worst song of the year 2013 so far. And this is definitely top 10 material for the worst song ever. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. And uh, I got a lot of other stuff to talk about too. Really uh, more evidence that evolution has indeed stopped. And, uh, and, and we have more economic news as well. The economic news just continues to not... Uh, it's not looking good. Let's put it that way. 
We'll talk about that. World economic news. So a lot of stuff. It's a full service podcast, as you know, for those of you that are relatively new listeners. There's um, it's a lot we do here. A lot of different stuff to talk about. All right. We'll be back. It's the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. Michael Groff Show. The Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. Where insanity is the new normal. If I lay here. If I just lay here. Would you lie with me and just forget the Famous Michael Groff Show, October 1st, 2013. Mike, actually, uh, it's Groff Show at gmail.com. Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. MichaelGroff.com for everything else Michael Groff related, including donating to this exciting program because you know you want to. Who wouldn't? Um, you know what else I forgot to mention? That happened over the summer. Well, it just happened here a couple of weeks ago. Guess who came out of retirement? Yes, another radio personality. Talk about people coming back from a long hiatus. Art Bell came out of retirement and is back on the radio. Not with Coast to Coast AM anymore. Now, for those of you that don't know, Art Bell was this guy that started this show called Coast to Coast AM probably, what, 20 years ago now. Maybe even a little bit more than 20 years ago. And the show was one of these overnight programs that was relatively new, relatively innovative for what it was. It was a show that basically just talked about conspiracy theories, UFOs, and there was a lot of open phones, a lot of opportunity for people to just talk about whatever was on their mind. That was kind of like um, the show. And he ran it from a studio from his house it became nationally syndicated, um, and he's just, he had a very wacky sort of personal life and a very wacky on-air life. He retired from the show no less than five times, at least. <laughs> and what's weird about that, even more strange than all the retirements, was the fact that in 2006, his wife dies, and he remarries someone like six months later. He, he's remarried to some Filipino woman who's like 40 years younger than he is. He sells a radio station that he owns. He sells his home. He moves to the Philippines. They have a child together. I don't know, the whole thing. He had a falling out with um, the network that he worked for. 
And then he was just off the radio for a long time. And now I guess he's back. He's he's back. The the crazy antics that is Art Bell back on Sirius XM now. No more Coast to Coast AM. He's back on Sirius XM, um, I think from, what is it, 7 to 10 Pacific time. So if you want to catch Art Bell, he has returned to radio. I don't know. I, I don't know if a young wife demands a lot of extra money. I don't know that if that's why he's coming back. I can't imagine Sirius XM paid him a lot. But then again, they seem to pay a lot of people a lot of money who, whether or not they can actually deliver subscribers... I mean, I can't imagine a whole lot of people would tune in, would subscribe to Sirius XM exclusively for Art Bell. But uh, Art Bell back out of retirement. I guess that means I can start doing Art Bell bits again. That's good. I I need all the material I can get if I'm going to be doing this podcast more frequently once again. I'm going to need all the, all the potential material I can possibly get. All right. Uh, so that's, that's the... Uh, the Art Bell news, the radio news. So something else I learned. Uh, you know, I still haven't listened to it either. I want to check it out. I want to see, you know, because it's still going to be all the same anal probing and, and UFOs and conspiracy theories and secret societies and governments, uh, cover-ups and all that kind of stuff. He's probably loving the, the Obama administration, though, because that's got to be like daily fodder for that show. Because it's not even conspiratorial nonsense. It's stuff that... And, you know, he's going to sit there and say, we, we told you so on this show for years. We told you that this NSA was going to happen. We told you that the NDAA was going to happen. We told you about all this stuff. It's kind of weird that all that conspiracy stuff has kind of come to fruition. Not all of it, but at least some of it. Government spying on America, on, you know, just on the common citizens... The approval of the NDAA, the expansion of the NSA, listening in on all these individual uh, telephone calls and all that stuff. I don't know. Maybe um, maybe there's something to a lot of that stuff they talk about. Maybe at least a little bit of it. I probably shouldn't have said that out loud because then the Alex Jones people and the InfoWars people and the, the Art Bell people, all those people are now going to be sending me messages. I told you so, Mike. I told you so. Well, I've been telling you this for years. You wouldn't broadcast it. You wouldn't tell us. But you have to know that the government is covering up what really happened in Roswell in 1947. I'm going to get plenty of that now. Ugh. Never mind. Just forget that I even mentioned it. All right. All right. Uh, what else? Oh, some more economic news. I saw that uh, Spain, Spain's debt is so bad. This is another one of these European nations. The European Union has been just an unmitigated disaster. And the socialist welfare states that are the nations in Europe, many of the nations in Europe, are fiscally insolvent um, they cannot possibly sustain themselves. And more evidence of that here. You know what they always say, socialism works until the rich people run out of money. Spain's debt will rise to almost 100% of its national output by the end of next year. This is the highest in a century. And uh, this is according to the 2014 budget proposal that's been handed to Parliament on Monday, the ratio of debt to gross domestic product 
will rise to 99.8% by the end of 2014 from 94% at the end of 2013. So already they're almost there. They're almost at 100% of GDP. And what does that mean? That means all the money they take in, their debt is almost going to equal all the money that's coming in. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, Spain's public debt has almost tripled since a decade-long uh, bubble burst in 2008, sending the country into a five-year-long economic slump. It sounds pretty familiar. Sounds kind of what's ha- like what's happening here, except we're not at 100% of GDP in terms of debt yet, but we are experiencing just an amazing amount of debt. You know, uh, since... Obama has become president. And again, I understand before you send your angry messages, I understand that not 100% of the debt is Barack Obama's fault. I get it. But just since January 2009, the debt has gone from just over $10.5 trillion to nearly $17 trillion. That's our debt. And it continues to grow and it continues to expand. And we continue to deficit spend. And I know most people don't even think about it and they don't think it's really a bad thing or they don't think it's really something that's going to impact them. But let's face it, this country has a serious problem. And these nations in Europe, you know, they're facing very, very harsh economic times because of this inability to balance a budget and the fact that these countries are broke. They have no money for infrastructure. They have no money to pay for these social programs that they keep wanting and that they keep demanding and that they keep approving. And those same types of social programs have come here and people like me keep saying, you know, whatever, you want to approve social programs, but you got to be able to have the money to sustain them. You have to be able to afford it. That's why I said, and I know people think it's a snarky comment, but socialism works until the rich people run out of money. And that's what's going on in Europe. It's not just Spain. France has been having problems economically. Greece, of course, we've well chronicled what's been going on there over the years. So there's a lot of problems with uh, nations in the European Union. Because of all that stuff. And uh, shifting directions a little bit. I, I don't know. Just random stuff that I've come across here. I didn't know that stabbing a bird was something that you could go to jail for. I mean, I guess I, I realize it is animal cruelty. And I, I guess if you stabbed a bird that was on the endangered species list, that'd be bad. But... um. A Glendale Heights man who stabbed his pet bird to death during a domestic dispute was sentenced to 90 days in jail by a DuPage County judge on Monday. David Hritz, 40, also was ordered uh, two years probation following the conviction of charges of aggravated animal cruelty and domestic battery. I guess he was having a domestic dispute. No, not with the bird, with someone else. And then he just decided to take out his anger on the bird. 
Like, I, I've never really been a guy to get into domestic arguments. Like, I, I've never really been one to, like, have a shouting match with the person I, I was with. But, you know, sometimes you, you get into a, an impassioned discussion about something. I've never once thought to raise my hand to another human being, let alone to reach for a knife and stab the nearest animal I could find. Like, that's just never been a thought that's crossed my mind. I'm just wondering what kind of level you have to get to to go there. Anyway, this guy, uh, Hritz, was arrested on August 25, 2012, when he became involved in a domestic dispute with his roommate. Police said that Hritz, H-R-I-T-Z, Hritz struck the woman with his fist during the fight. He then flung the pet cockatiel uh, against the wall and then stabbed the bird with a knife, according to prosecutors. Mr. Hertz's uh, anger got the best of him, says state attorney Robert Berlin. Quote, because Mr. Hertz could not control his anger, he must spend the next 90 days behind bars. Oh, good. Oh, that'll get him. <laughs> What's going on? Bird stabbings? So you get into a fight with your roommate and you decide, I'm going to... I'm not going to stab you because that's wrong. I'm going to stab the bird. I'm going to show you just how crazy I am. Maybe this guy ought to be in charge. He ought to be Secretary of State. David Hritz for uh, Secretary of State. Oh, yeah, Syria? Listen, we're going to stab Canada. We're going to drop a bomb on Canada to show you how mad we are at you. Oh, boy. All right. Um, I, I think I need to take a break. Just too much, too much nonsense. Uh, when we come back, a couple more things, and um, including uh, the worst song of the year so far, and a few other things I, I want to get to. Wrap it up. See, already we've done a, a, a full podcast here. It'll be a full show. Been away a little while. Come back, do a show. Sounds. This is this is feeling good. I'm I'm happy I did this. I'm coming out of retirement about as often as Art Bell. Except I haven't actually ever officially retired. I've just been on hiatus, but keeping ahead of his pace. So now all I have to do is just uh, get myself a a wife and a kid and uh, maybe retire from my radio show one more time and come back. Although I need a radio show first and I need a wife first. And uh, I don't know probably work on the social life, the personal life, or the career life. I need to work on one of those. The personal life, the the career, I don't know, something. I'll figure it out. One at a time. It'll, It'll all come together. Gosh, it's only been 35 years. I mean, I'm sure it's, it's all going to come together here real soon. It's right around the corner, I'm sure. All right, anyway, it's the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. Taking pot shots at both sides from the radical middle. Ah! It's the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show.
Ghostbusters. Who you gonna call? Ghostbusters! If it's something weird and it don't look good, who you gonna call? almost a 30 year old song and uh, I just read a whole thing about uh, Ray Parker Jr. That's the guy that created this song. The iconic theme to the Ghostbusters. He says he is being massively screwed out of his royalty checks and he's obviously sought legal counsel and he is planning to sue uh, the let's see EMI and Sony ATV Music for uh, a couple hundred thousand bucks because he says he hasn't been paid royalty checks in a long time. Now, how often do you think this song is played or used anymore? I mean, obviously, there's going to be some royalties that the guy is probably entitled to, but this is the only song that this guy ever came up with, as far as I know. Anyway, I think the best part is he filed this lawsuit. He claims that he's entitled to 75% of the gross receipts produced by the song. He claims that the song itself accounted for more than $20 million of the box office profits from the Ghostbusters movie. Now, understand that I'm pretty sure that the movie itself was probably the reason that most of the people went and saw the movie, not to hear the song, you know, because the song they could have purchased in stores. Or heard it on the radio. I actually remember when this song was played on the radio. Ray says for more than a decade and possibly as many as three decades, he's been cheated out of massive royalty money by EMI and Sony. Which I, I just think that's kind of funny because those are the same people that always go after everyone else for... Um, Royalties and uh, for not paying up. I just think it's kind of funny that one of their own artists is now going after them. There's irony for you. So he's not uh, specified how much money he's suing for exactly, but it looks like it's uh, at least a couple hundred thousand dollars. Many people believe. You know, I remember. So I was in choir when I was in like the fourth through sixth grade. You know, our music class, like you could just be in choir. And then it was kind of an excuse to get out of class sometimes and go into events. And so anyway, one of the things that we did, we actually performed the Ghostbusters uh, song. We actually did that song. That was one of the songs that we did. I, I even hate to admit that we did that, but we were like in front of the school and, and did that. And like some people did like dance and stuff. By the way, I wasn't one of them. But some people like ran around. And it was like for Halloween or something for a Halloween show. 
that we did for the school. And uh, I just realized that Halloween's coming up later this month. I don't even know why that slipped my mind. But anyway, um, so that's something that we did. So every time I hear that song, all I can think about is being in, a, in fourth grade and watching, you know, a couple of guys like running around in like these horrific ghost costume and like ghost and ghoul costumes and like just performing and it just, ugh, how embarrassing. And you know, there was, there's videotape of it and you see me just up there just singing and going through motions and whatever, like the whole, there's like a whole bunch of us. It wasn't just me. It was like, you know, 30, 40 students, but still we were performing to a bad, like karaoke soundtrack that literally, if I remember correctly, because our school couldn't afford a decent sound system, we literally had like, it was a microphone and a couple of speakers put somewhere and the, there was a tape recorder that was put up to the microphone and then that was just blasted out into the audit, into the cafeteria because it was elementary school where this little show was put on, this assembly. That was terrible. You know, I see that same school now. It's, it's fancy. They have like this, these really nice buildings. Like we, we struggled... Uh, air conditioning went out regularly, so they um, they put us in these little Quonset huts or whatever with evaporative cooling. And uh, during the monsoon season, it was horrible. I just remember how bad, how hot some of those rooms were. And now it's like these nice buildings and uh, state-of-the-art computers. Well, I guess we had state-of-the-art computers considering it was the 80s. We had Apple IIe's. And Apple 2GS. So, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, and that was actually considered a decent school. I'd hate to have thought of what would have happened had I gone to a ghetto school. Well, that was my middle school. A knife was part of the dress code there. But at least we had nicer computers there. We had Macintosh. We had Apples. We had, uh, you know, Mac LCs and stuff. But whatever. All right, enough reminiscing. Um, here's just another sign that evolution may have stopped. Uh, two women, this is from Nashville, Tennessee. Two women were arrested Sunday following a neighbor dispute during which police say those involved through urine and a roast at one another. Yeah, it, to me, I don't talk about a domestic dispute or any kind of uh, fight unless either food or excretory functions are thrown at one another. In this case, both. Uh, Tamaria Sterling and Jonisha Benford allegedly got into a fight with the victim at a club on Saturday night, and then they showed up at her home on Sunday. The victim told police that she was cooking when she heard a knock at the door, so she grabbed the roast before answering, because that's typically what I do. Like, I hear someone knock at my door, and uh, I grab whatever it is that I'm cooking, and uh, I, I head right for the door. Makes a lot of sense to me. A verbal altercation, of course, ensued. Sterling attempted to throw a cup of urine on the victim, to retaliate, the victim threw her roast at Sterling. Like, how does that go down? You're going to show up 
I'm gonna show up at her door. I'm gonna throw a cup of urine at her. Yeah. What? The victim shut her door, but Sterling and Bedford reportedly beat it until it opened and began assaulting her. She reported that Bedford held her down while Sterling punched her repeatedly. Witnesses were able to break up the fight before authorities arrived. Police stated that the two women claimed that it was self-defense, but witnesses stated they were the aggressors. Well, of course, because they went to the woman's home and obviously had prepared a cup of urine. What is this? Like the ingredients. Uh, Okay, take one cup urine, uh, one roast, medium well, and throw at one another. I guess that's what you do in Nashville. That's how you solve disputes. You know, here in a civilized part of the country, we just, you know, talk. Of course, it all started at a club, naturally. I think that's going to be in the next Usher song. It's going to be a lyric about throwing cups of urine at each other. Roasts. The victim suffered cuts and scrapes to her face and really, really an embarrassing way to be beat up. Not only did you get cut and scraped, you had a cup of urine thrown at you. Sterling and Bedford were uh, each charged with assault and aggravated burglary. Well, there you go. And uh, here's this. This is always good. I love these stories. And this is a recurring theme on this show. This is one of the oldest themes that we talk about all the time. Two of the oldest themes. First of all, people that have to do weird things to spice up their sex life. And of course, well, the other one will be apparent after I just tell you this story. So there's this couple in the Ukraine. And, you know, if you live in the Ukraine, there's really not a whole lot to do. You try to avoid nuclear radiation, I guess, or you try to, I don't know, scrape together enough rubles so you can eat, get some borscht. Um, but while you're, uh, while you're avoiding the uh, 70 degree below weather in the middle of July, you probably also want to, you know, get a little bit more comfortable with one another. So uh, you try to spice up the sex life because there's really nothing else to do in the Ukraine but freeze to death and screw. So um, this couple said, you know, a great way to spice up the sex is to have it on the train tracks. You probably know where the rest of the story is going. Uh, They have sex on the train tracks and, um, you know, oh, baby, sound like train is coming. Oh, that's not the only thing coming, baby. Yeah. A train showed up. And that was the end of the sex life. That was the end of the life altogether, as a matter of fact. Um, The woman died on the spot while the man lost both of his legs and was hospitalized. Uh, The man and his girlfriend, quote, failed to overcome their natural passion when walking home and wanted to experience an extreme sensation near the railroad tracks, the ministry cited the surviving victim as saying. Is is that really how they talk there in the Ukraine? We failed to overcome our natural passion when walking home, and we wanted to experience extreme sensation near railroad tracks. In Soviet Russia, train bored you. 
The duo were run over by a switcher locomotive. Well, that'll do it, the report said, adding that the incident took place near the city of Zaprazir on early Saturday morning. The ministry did not release the victims' names because that would be really goddamn embarrassing, saying only that the man was 41 and the woman appeared to be a 30-something, although they don't know because it's pretty hard to tell after a train completely disembowels, it completely disintegrates your entire body. She was in 30-something pieces. They do know that. Yikes. If your sex life is that, like, who would think, that's like the last place I would ever think to screw is on railroad tracks. Outside, sure. On the grass, fine. Next to a road, fine. Under a tree, great. On railroad tracks. I mean, first of all, it's gotta hurt. And it's gotta be damn cold. That's metal, for God's sake. In the Ukraine, it's gotta be cold. I don't know. There's a, there's a lot wrong with this story. And then what? Don't you you don't hear the train coming? This is the part of the this is the other part of the recurring theme we do on this show all the time. How do you get hit by a train? I've asked it for many many years. I mean, I understand you're in the throes of passion. Your extreme passion while walking home. Fine, your extreme passion while walking home, and you're in the throes of that extreme passion. But you still don't hear a locomotive coming? Well, there's a Darwin Award for you if I've ever heard one. All right. From one train wreck to another, it's time to do this feature. Uh, Something that uh, I do on this podcast whenever possible. But this is uh, something we like to call the worst song of the week. Although this is more than just the worst song of the week. This is the worst song of the year 2013 so far that I have found. There is really no debate about this. As you know, the music industry is in a downward spiral all the time. It's just getting worse and worse. It is harder and harder to find good music out there, good new music, because the pop music now is is completely unlistenable. And even other genres, it's, I don't know, it's just kind of bad. It really is. And uh, we try to demonstrate that on a regular basis on this program. But here it is. This is, um, like I said, the worst song of 2013 so far. I'm sure you'll agree. Uh, it is a artist, quote unquote, called Ilvis. Y-L-V-I-S. This is called The Fox. Awful song, the worst song of the year, right here on the Zip Code Famous Michael Grob Show. Dog goes woof, cat goes meow, bird goes tweet, and mouse goes squeak. Cow goes moo, frog goes croak, and the elephant goes toot. Dogs say quack, and fish go blub, and the seal goes ow, ow, ow. See, it's already bad, but this is where it really goes downhill. What does the fox say? Wow. 
and digging holes, tiny paws up the hill. I think I'm going back into retirement. Still. I'm going into an Art Bell retirement. So beautiful, like an angel in disguise. Can I move to Neptune? Do they have this kind of music there? Well, they probably will eventually because those signals will get out to, out there before long. A few months. How will you speak to that? Wow. What does the fuck say? God. Somebody. I don't even know what to say to this. All right. Well, there it is, uh, folks. That's um, that's it. I'm done. Uh, the worst song of the week and really the worst song of the year 2013 so far. I don't know. I uh, I like to think I have an open mind about music. Okay, I really do. I, I like to think that you know I I have a, a pretty diverse musical taste, somewhat eclectic even. I like to think that um, I I have an open mind about a lot of things. But a song that's what's what does the fox say? Ya da 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 da. It's just screaming. I have I have a screaming migraine now after hearing that. Like no shtick. I'm not I'm not even doing a bit or anything. That uh, that just happened. That just happened on my podcast. All right, uh, I'm out of here. I, I I really have to leave. I need to take some uh, serious uh, headache medicine after that. Why bother to waste your time? If you're a band, why toil in a studio? Why toil writing music when you could just put out something like that? Why waste your time? Oh, man. Did, did that... I mean, it, that's for real. That That is a real song. Just lest anyone think that I, I am putting you on... Somebody recorded that. It's out there on the pop chart. It's being played on the radio. On pop stations. It's making its way around the clubs. I'm telling you right now, it's a big song. It's a big deal. I know you don't believe it. It's hard to believe, but... Come on, someone tell me that music isn't getting worse after you hear that. Tell me that music today is better than it was 30 years ago. Tell me that. Go ahead. All right. Uh, groffshow at gmail.com. That's the email address. Groff Show also on Google Talk. Michael Groff Show on AOL Instant Messenger. MichaelGroff.com for everything else Michael Groff related, including how you can listen to this program. Check out the blog. Check out a way to donate to this program because that's there as well. You can donate to this show, please. I encourage it. And if you donate to this, I, pr I will never, 
if you if you donate, I won't play that on the podcast ever again. I'll, I'll delete it from my hard drive and I'll delete it from all hard drives everywhere. I'll go to everyone's house that has it. I'll delete it. We'll do like a, a men in black, like memory wipe. All right. We'll see you next time for another edition of the Zip Code Famous Michael Graff Show. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.